Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, come on, y'all can do better than that. Ah, uh, that's, that's what I like to hear. Good morning. So, <laughs> I told Pastor Steve, you sure you want to give me the mic? But that's all right. He says, I trust you. I'm like, good. I'm glad you trust me too. So, we've been talking about Colossians. Colossians 1, Pastor Steve spoke a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just like with, with the end of there, for the end of the week, we've asked you to read Colossians 3 before today. And if you haven't, that's fine. Go back and read it later. But Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve spoke to us about Colossians 1. And Paul was writing to the church of Colossae and letting them know that, first of all, that they matter, that they are important, that the things that they do and the people they are, they matter. Then he also stated and Paul stated in verse 3 of that chapter um, that he asked them to take that internal question, how pure is their belief in Jesus? The things that they know, the things that they've been taught, how true is the belief that they have in their father, in Jesus? In week two, we had Brother Gary. Let's give it up for Brother Gary for last week. Yes, sir. Brother Gary spoke to us about making sure that we don't allow these false teachings to creep into our doctrine, twisting the promises that God has for us. We need to make sure that we don't allow different thought processes to come in and to twist what we know about God and to twist what we know about our beliefs in Jesus. So today I'm going to be coming to you from Colossians chapter 3 which can sometimes be a hard pill to swallow because Paul talks here in chapter three about things that sometimes we don't want people to talk about. Things that we don't want people to dive into. It's called our life. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me where to go. Don't tell me who to talk to. Don't tell me how I should talk. Things like that. It tells us that we need to make sure that we put death to our old ways because we're becoming a new man and a new creature. Making sure the things that we've done before that we don't do them again. It also tells us about our character. What others see. How do they see you? It also talks, and we definitely don't want to hear about this, Talk about our home life. Not how you are here, not how you're outside, but how are you in your home? How are you with your spouse? Do you love your spouse? Do you love your kids? Kids, do you listen to your mom and your dad? I still listen to my mom and dad, and we're 1,800 miles apart. I still make sure that I respect them the way that I should. So before we get into, into any of that, before we get into chapter three, uh, let's take a look at the text today. Um, we, we said that if you haven't read chapter three, that's fine. Go ahead and make sure you read it. That'll be your homework uh, after, this, after, the, after today and read it this week. 
It's not very long. It's just 25 verses. We're not going to read the whole chapter here, but I do want to make sure you go back and read all of chapter 2. So Paul starts out this chapter with exhortations or uh, can I say urgent encouragement about practical applications about the doctrine that he referred to back in chapter 2. So let's take a look at what Paul wrote to the people of Colossae and we'll start with chapter 3, verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rape, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I know we went through a lot there. Apparently, Paul had a whole lot to say to the people at Colossae. I really do believe that if there were microphones back in that time, that this would have been many of Paul's mic drops. Yeah, he would have said, hey, this is what you need to do. Walk away, and that's it. But we, we, we see that in that text that Paul was talking to them about things that are important, making sure that they understand the importance of not getting the gospel twisted. See, the false teachers were instructing the people of Colossae to concentrate on what we call temporal observances. What that means is they were telling them to focus on religious observances. You may ask me, well, what is a religious observance? Think of a checking the box activity, going through the motions, things that we mark off our list to make ourselves feel better about going to church and a church experience. So you may say, well, what's a, what's a check the box activity? I'm not saying that any of us do that here. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but there are times you may think, yeah, I got my worship on, check, good, done. I said at least two amens during service today. Check, I'm good. You know what? I hugged at least one person. That's it. That's my quarter. I'm not hugging anybody else today. I hugged at least one person. I made sure that I smiled like Jesus at the greeter. Good morning. How are you? You blessed? Yeah, I'm blessed too. Check, I'm done. I made sure I put my tip in the offering bucket for God. Yeah, that one didn't go very well, did it? But these are the things that sometimes we use to measure how good of a Christian we are. I truly believe this. People are, are not looking to trust people that are just going through the motions. That's not what they're looking for. That's not what I'm looking for. If people are going to trust you for the belief that you have, going through the motions is not going to work. They look to see if they are actually living the life. Paul here is telling them to concentrate on the external realities of heaven. 
meaning heaven manifested from us in what we do. The external manifestation of our belief and not just our actions. Is heaven represented in who we are, not just what we do? Christ didn't operate that way, so why should we? If we're supposed to be Christ-like, then we need to be like him. Jesus was not a box checker. If anything, he was a box destroyer. So if he's not going to do that, then why should I? There are many times in my life uh, as a young Christian where I was required to check boxes, required to go through some motions. I didn't know any better. I was 12. I had no idea. I didn't know that, I, that it, was a, it wasn't a requirement to do these things. So for those of you that know me for quite some time, I'm not a box checker. I don't go through the motions. I don't deal with that very well. For those that have known me for quite some time, that's not the way I work. That's not my MO. But at a young age, I didn't know that. So when I was, when I was younger, there was a way that you proved that you were truly a Christian, that you truly had the love of Christ in your heart. The way that you earned your young Christian junior achievement, junior saint, this little light of mine badge, was by doing a four-hour session on a Saturday morning doing, some of y'all may already know, door-to-door witnessing. Oh, I heard some moans, so I'm not alone. Yes, uh, yeah, that was me at 12, 13 years old. Now, don't get me wrong. Door-to-door witnessing has its place. There's been thousands upon thousands of souls that have been brought to to God's kingdom by doing door-to-door witnessing. It is a valid process, a valid tool, but it doesn't mean that it's a requirement. It doesn't mean that you need to prove that you're a Christian by doing so. And so for me, that that was something that was hard. I still have a little bit of scars today. I'm still healing I've been 52 years on this marble, so we're talking 30 years it has taken to heal some of that, but I think I'm good. I understand that it is a process. It does have its place, but it does not mean that it's a requirement to validate your life as a Christian. Brings me to my first point. Earning Christian participation badges does not win souls. Living your life in Christ does. We have to understand that a particular set of duties, a particular set of actions, do not validate how great of a Christian we are. The question is, are we living as Christ called us to? Are we looking within ourselves and put away earthly things, lust, immorality, impurity, evil desires, the list goes on and on. It doesn't mean squat if we check all these boxes and our heart isn't right. doesn't mean anything. No matter what you do, how much you serve, 
It does not mean anything if my heart is not right. For me, door-to-door witnessing was just that, a check-the-box activity. I had to do this to prove that I was a good Christian. It wasn't for me, nor was it bringing souls into the kingdom of God. If anything, it was doing the reverse. You may say, Tari, I don't know if I, if I wholly agree with that. I get it. Just hear me out just for a minute, and I think that you'll get my point. I truly believe that we need to have actions or activities that we do that are fit for us in order, in order for us to be effective in delivering the gospel. All of us are different. We're not all meant to do the same exact thing. Okay, just imagine this. If you're passion, we didn't ask for volunteers. <laughs> we told you. Say, this is where you're going to serve. Say, Tari, you've been going here for six months now. And so what we want you to do is we're going to put you in this particular place for six months. We want you to volunteer one time a month. And you're going to be in the nursery. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. We'll see how that works. Here's the thing. I love kids. I love kids dearly, but I don't love 18 of them jokers at one time. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So I, what if we decided that that's what we're going to do here at Passion, to tell you where to volunteer? See, we get it. That's not what we're going to do. We also understand that you should not be told which quote-unquote activity or box to check because we're not box checkers. There are a lot of you just like me that don't belong in the nursery. Mike McPeak is here today. Bruh, they don't want us in the nursery. We love deeply. Yeah, y'all don't want Mike nor myself in the nursery. Now, I'm not looking at anybody in particular. Just being honest, I'll say we instead of you. Some of us don't need to be greeters either. Just saying, stuck on lemons for way too long. You know what? Some of us don't need to be parking lot attendants. Why? We've seen some of y'all drive. And the last thing that we want is you directing other people that drive. Now, we may be laughing here, but guess what? You get what I'm saying. We serve in the area that fits us. Can people see Christ in what you do or do they just see you checking boxes? If your activities have no fruit, then let's, let's, let's evaluate ourselves. I'm a really big person on self-reflection, stepping back, looking at the big picture. Evaluate the reason why you're doing certain things. It's time that we stop living our lives to show how we serve, but instead we need to live our lives to show who we serve. Yeah, it is good, isn't it? We need to stop living our lives to show how we serve, but we need to show who 
we serve. Paul said that in verse 8. He tells us to put away certain things, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. Those are characteristics of somebody that's living that life and not checking boxes. See, the people of Khaleesi, Khaleesi, Colossi has started to listen to false teachings and begin to weave those false teachings into the gospel. I believe Paul was concerned that combining these false teachings with the gospel would begin to erode the character of the new man that was created by accepting Jesus Christ for who he was and who he is. We need to make sure that we don't allow these things to creep into what we do In turn, we need to make sure that we're not doing that same when it comes to our lives, not allowing outside influences to muddy that water around us. People, we get it. We we have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Sometimes it's just not that hard. We have a tendency to make things harder than what they should be. I've learned over the years that my character speaks for me when I'm not present. Made a post that I didn't think about it until today that I thank my father for that. And it's kind of fitting that today is Father's Day. And that's the, the first thing that I remember about him. He told me, son, whether it's good character or bad character, your character will speak for you when you're not present The people in your life that know you, that you work with, that you live with, that you're friends with, when you're not there, what does your character say about you? Not what you do. What does your character say about who you truly are? That's the piece that we need to live by. So there was a young man that used to work with me um, at my place of employment now. And he loved to test people that he knew were Christians to see if he could stump them. Stump them on things from the Bible. See, the thing was that he grew up in the church and he saw people checking boxes but not living their lives. What scarred him? And it's still with him now. Here's the thing. The dude knew the Bible. It wasn't that he didn't know it. He did know it. So he, he, the people that he saw memorizing scripture, doing all these great deeds, they weren't living their life in Christ. Good deeds with no results. So one day he came up to me and he said, hey, Tari, I got a question for you. I said, hey, what's up, man? What you got? He said, can you give me all 10 commandments? I'm like, bro, are you serious? You realize who you're talking to? This is Tari Watkins, bro. I've been going to church for as long as I can remember. Man, I sing on the worship team. I teach Bible studies. Bro, do you really understand who you're speaking to? Guess what? I didn't say any of that. You know what I said to him? I most certainly cannot. Some of you may be like, really? Tari, you don't know the Ten Commandments? (laughs) Here's the thing. I don't need to know all 10. I don't have to know all 10. Here's why. Jesus broke it down for us. Yeah, some of you may know this. 
If you look at Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, Jesus said, I only had to do two things. Anybody know what those things are? I see a whole lot of people nodding heads. He said, I have to love God with my whole heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. This is what I said to him. I said, I have to love the rest of you like I love myself. That's it. See, when I told him that I most certainly cannot, this grin came across his face like the Grinch. I love the Grinch, by the way, one of my favorite movies. He thought he had me. But when I told him that, he stopped and looked at me, turned his head sideways, and he went, huh. <laughs> I said, brother, I love you regardless, and I always will. God told me to do two things. Love him with everything that I have. And then love every last single one of you all the way I would love myself. The way that I wouldn't want to be treated. That's it. I mean, I understand the Ten Commandments. I get it. They're important. But when I did a study, oh God, I don't know. I don't even remember how many years ago it was. All Ten Commandments fall under two categories. How I love God and how I love people. I don't want people to steal from me, so I'm not going to steal. I definitely don't want anybody to kill me, so I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not going to covet other people's stuff, even though there's some stuff that some of y'all got that's really, really cool. I'm not going to covet it. Gary talked about it last week. The Lamborghini, the Ferrari. Jesus, I pray for this in Jesus' name that it's mine. No, it's not. It's not yours. It belongs to someone else. That's what God told us. The Ten Commandments fall under two categories. It's pretty easy, y'all. It leads me to my next point. Now, this next point, everybody, is some deep stuff. I'm telling you right now, I'm about to drop a load right now. It's going to be amazing. Keep it simple. Yeah, it's really not that profound. But it is heavy, though. Keep it simple. See, the, the guy that I worked with, he knew who I was. He knew how I carried myself. He knew how I treated him. But he wanted to see if he could poke holes in my scripture memorization achievement badge. Now, scripture memorization is incredibly important. I'm not saying that it's not, because it is. If we look at Psalms 119, verse 11, David says it. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Scripture memorization is key because we get that word in, in our heart. You all men here, you, you memorize a lot of scriptures, don't you? Yeah. There's a reason for it. We're not doing it for you all to check a box. It's for you can get that word inside of your heart so that when you need it, you can pull from it. So that when you need it, when times are rough and things are happening in your life, when you need God to come through, at that point, you pull from what you know and you stand on the word of God. Scripture memorization is important. I just didn't memorize the one he wanted me to. I memorized the one that Jesus told me to remember. 
Why remember 10 when I can remember two? Keep it simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate things, people. Guess what? I'm in the same boat. I've done it many a time. There is a theme to what Jesus said to them concerning those commandments. Paul makes a reference to this in verse 14 of chapter 3. We didn't read that verse, but it's there. You all are reading it if you haven't read it already. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. You know, I wasn't going to say this. Every time I read the verse, I don't know why, and it's, this is totally unspiritual. It has nothing to do with the word whatsoever. But I think of ebony and harmony. Ebony. Ebony and ivory living together in perfect That's been in my head for two weeks. So you're welcome. You all can read that scripture now and let that pop into your head. But yes, above all things, above everything else, clothe yourselves in love that binds us all together in perfect harmony. Guess what? (laughs) Alone, we're not perfect. But together in love, through Christ, (laughs) guess what? We're perfect. For any of you that have been going here for quite a bit of time, we're not meant to do life alone. That's not my statement. That's what we believe here. Above all things, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. For too long, we've been brainwashed that in order to be this perfect Christian, which lets you know we can't be, we have to jump through 9,000 hoops. But in reality, it's all wrapped up into one word. There you go. Mike, my brother, love. That's correct. How we live our life in love with God and how we live our life in love with each other. That's what it is. Because guess what? When I do that, I'm going to put away malicious behavior, rape. I'm going to put away slander, dirty language. I'm not going to lie to you. If I, do the, if I do that, if it's wrapped up in love, then guess what? All those things that Paul listed off, we're going to stay away from. <laughs> you may say, hey, Tari, I don't like people that much. I get it. I realize the older I get, the more I hate crowds. Just being honest. I can't go into a Walmart anymore. I got one more person to bump up to me and I'll say it, excuse me, I'm going to lose my grits. I'm just letting you know. But here's the thing. I know people don't like me and that's okay. I'm a lot to deal with at times. I absolutely get that. But here's the thing. God didn't say that we had to like people. (laughs) He did say we had to love them though. It's okay that you don't like me. I'm all right with that. You got to love me, though. See, I learned that uh, as a freshman from the late Reverend Oral Roberts. So we were sitting in chapel one day, and uh, you know what? 
I'm gonna sit beside my, my brother Josh right here. So sitting in chapel, I'm a freshman, 1989. And first of all, it was, a, it was an amazing privilege to sit under Oral Roberts once a week for a whole semester. But we were sitting there and he says, I know some of y'all don't like me. I said, what did he just say? Did he just say that for real? I said, all right. Yeah, I like you though. But he said, you ain't got to like me, but you got to love me. I went, oh, for real? Is that what he just said? He said, you don't have to like me, which is true, but you got to love me. Everybody, I love living in this country. I love that we live in a democracy, that we can speak our own thoughts. We can talk about anything we want to. We can vote how we want to vote. But I'm telling you right now, the kingdom of God is not a democracy. <laughs> I'm going to come with God. I don't want to love them today. Because that's my right. I don't think so. The kingdom of God is a theocracy. It's God-driven. It's God-divine. means that we follow his instruction. We follow what he says. So God said, you got to love everybody. You have to make sure that your life is governed by Christ. We need to love all. We need to care for all of us as we want to be cared for. There's a phrase that some of you may know. We use it in sales all the time. No one cares how much you know. There you go. There you go. Until they know how much you care. Nobody cares how many scriptures that you can quote if you don't care for the ones around you. It doesn't matter how many songs that you sing. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving. Guess what, y'all? It doesn't matter how much you put in the offering either. If you don't care, if you don't love. Paul listed a lot of things, a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts. But everybody, let's keep it simple. <laughs> Love God with all you have, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And then love everybody else the way that you want to be loved. If you do those two things, that whole laundry list that Paul talked about, we can follow. I'm not trying to remember every last single one of those because as I continue to walk in love, I should be covered. It doesn't matter how many good deeds we do unless those good deeds are wrapped in love, resulting in others knowing the saving grace, God's mercy, his love that he has for all of us. If you only get one thing from today, if you only remember one word, I want it to be love. Paul mentioned it in Colossians, whether Jew or Gentile, barbarian, it doesn't matter. And it, there's a reason why he said it to the people of Colossae, because those are people that, yeah, they didn't care too much for. 
evaluate ourselves. Why do we do what we do? Is it to check a box? Or is it because we do this because we love God with everything that we have? We love God with everything, my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, everything within me, every fiber of my body, God, I do this for you because I love you. And I also do this because of the grace that you extended to me, because of the mercy and the love that you extended to me, I have to give it to someone else and to show that love and that mercy. Everybody close your eyes. This is a time for us to step back and take a look at the big picture. And I truly want you to say, God, evaluate me. Evaluate the things that I do. Am I truly doing it because this is the love I have for you and the love that I have for everybody else? Or is it because this is what I'm supposed to do? This is what I was told to do. And am I getting results from these actions? I can plant a seed all day long, but if I don't do it in love, meaning cherish it, nourish it, water it, care for it, pull the weeds if I have to. If I'm not continually showing love, then I just planted a seed in the ground and walked away. Love is a fertilizer of our lives. So God, we thank you first and foremost that you loved us. You sent your son to die for us. But in turn, we realize and we know that we have to do the same. God, help us to make sure that we don't do these things as a check-the-box activity, as going through the motions. We do these things because we want to serve and love others. I'm asking you all today, this morning, are you willing to evaluate yourself, to step back and look at what you do. And I'm also talking to myself. What's the reason that we do what we do? Why do we come here every Sunday? Why do we raise our hands? Why do we say hello? Why do we hug? Why do we serve? If it's to check the box, we need to reevaluate ourselves. If you're willing to do the task, and sometimes it's not easy, of self-evaluating yourself, looking at everything that you're doing now, if you're willing to put yourself under that microscope, just simply raise your hand and say, Tari, I will continue to evaluate what I do. I will continue to look at my actions and say, God, am I doing this to serve you or doing this to serve myself? Father, we thank you that your grace is strong, that your mercy is there for all of us, so in turn, we'll love others the same way. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. It's been a privilege.
have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 